1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well,
2: Grant is going into the other room because he's taking over
3: for oh, Julia. Yes, he is coming into the other room. That's right. Mm-hmm. I like that you sent him over here. Yeah, Julia's been sent home with a migraine. That's what I understand. has been suffering all day. So we're like, go home, little one.
2: Well, I don't know if I would have picked this uh, topic for... Okay. Um, uh Pop Culture Jeopardy, because you are a voracious reader. I always tell people like when you go on vacation, not only do you bring like ten books, but you bring like the hardcover copies of them. You don't bring like a Kindle or an iPad.
3: No, I know. And only on a beach vacation. Like I gotta be honest. For mm-hmm. for Paris, Rocco, it was just two books. One for going, one for coming home.
2: Um you know what
3: I mean? It's a beach vacation that I do all the heavy duty reading. Gotcha, got
2: it. Which, well, you know, it today is, um, I think I don't know if it's national or international Authors' Day. Actually, okay. National Authors' Day. So I thought, uh, how could I uh, turn this into a pop culture Jeopardy topic? I thought, what if uh, I quizzed you on uh, celebrities who also were fiction writers? Oh. Yeah, well, well, that's I, a
3: tough category. Well,
2: I, I, it might be kind of tough. I'm going to mm-hmm. give you, like, the title of the book. How are you feeling, Grant?
4: <laughs> <laughs> you know, my uh, knowledge of reading is newspapers, magazines, and Internet articles.
2: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, if you can't get it from just the title, I'll maybe start quizzing you, you know, on uh, the person. The yeah,
3: I'm always amazed that you can come up with all these
2: Games. It is uh, you a talent, know, I guess. You it's what I do. Get more money for that talent, I'm Rock. The try. next time you negotiate. Well, thank you. you, you. Um, all right. Well, I'll start with uh, maybe one of the easier ones on this uh, list. This book is from 1987, and it's called Postcards from the Edge.
3: Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. Nice <laughs>
2: job. Who I was yeah. going
3: for. Carrie yeah. Fisher.
2: Now this. is next... a very
3: talented script doctor too. Not really? only was she an author and an actress, but she polished a lot what they call script doctoring when the it's all good, but they want someone to come over and tighten it up. Yeah. And
2: that's what Carrie Fisher oh, did. I didn't did know that. Did you know
3: that rock girl? She was a script uh, doctor? I did not know that.
2: Mm-hmm. But uh, she was a very multi-talented Kinda person. Kind of has
3: a famous list of movies that she
2: made better. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I would have never
4: thought that a Princess yeah. Leia. Awesome.
2: All right. Well, how about this one? I doubt you'll get it from the name. Okay. The uh, book is from 2013 and it's called Montaro Kane Montero Kane. Nothing from 2013. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It is from a man who became the first black actor to win the Academy Award for Best Actor in 1963 for He's 48. Yes mm-hmm. Very nice. All right. Who so, knew
3: he wrote a book? I did not know that. I didn't either. Have you watched the documentary in Apple, Sydney? No, it's to be very good. It's on Apple Plus.
2: I did not know there was one. Oh, yes. yeah, uh, yeah. Amazing. Oprah,
3: uh, Oprah produced it, mm-hmm. and, but I haven't watched it yet. I haven't either, I but it, it, looks, it
4: looks fantastic.
2: Well, I wonder if Grant will get this one. Okay, <laughs> uh, Mycroft Holmes was the book, and it was written. It's about the older brother of uh, Sherlock Holmes. And it was written by a guy whose number thirty-three was retired by the Los Angeles Lakers. He uh we
3: Bryant? is
2: no. a seven foot tall man who Ch- Chamberlain. Yeah.
4: Oh my god yeah.
2: Well, if Grant didn't get that one. No, I did yeah. not,
4: that might have been it. That hey, might have been it. Was this all about his tales and, and his No, no, these are fictions, aren't they? There's
2: um I think these are, these fi- are all fiction. Yeah. And supposedly yeah. it's about well, and you know, Sherlock Holmes was also a fictional yes. character. But yes. um yeah, so there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. This next one is the book is called When It Happens to You. Let me see if I can find out what this book is about. It's a novel in stories. It's a young adult novel written by the woman who was the lead in Sixteen Candles and pretty much Molly.
3: Molly, Molly,
4: Molly. The redhead, right? Yes. Oh God, she was great. Yes. Are, are you feeling like Julia over there? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, you know? I, I, I've got to, you know what? I'm just here for support. Yeah, oh, thank I'm, you, Grant. And I'm learning a lot as we go along. That's true. Right. <laughs> All
3: right, this next This book. is my category, the literary category. It's what I excelled in last week at the trivia oh, yeah. thing.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, who was the leader of that uh, group? Who was it? You, Jess. Grant, Grant and Ross. Ross. But Everybody would, contributed. We all, yes. But
4: you were the ringer. We all contributed for some very unique questions, but there were two categories, at least two full sections. With the literary section she dominated. And the pop
0: culture. And the pop right. culture yeah.
4: with the marriage. Like, and there was one like, who's married to who? You should have seen her just, even before they got the name out, she had yeah. the next name. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> she was on point. You were the Rocko, ringer. Rocco,
2: do this job for 20 years and you too will be a pop yes. culture well, genius. you've got a mind. Yeah, Unlike uh Unlike your uh, co-host. She's got a different different. kind of a mind, and I like
4: how it works. You've got a good memory. She's got a mind.
2: Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Perhaps you remember this book from 2010. It's called An Object of Beauty. It's about a woman navigating her way up and out of the New York City art world. It was written by a guy who starred in The Jerk. And Somebody, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: I could have gotten that one if I wasn't as slow.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's all right. I forgot that he's
3: written uh, fictional books. Didn't he write shop girls too? Or? That sounds right. And like yeah. plays, like yeah. one act plays yeah. and stuff. Never didn't read that book though.
2: All right, here is one from I'm looking, uh, 2010 as well called The Very Fairy Princess. It was written by, and it's a book for children, mm-hmm. it was written by uh, someone who starred in both The Sound of Music and Mary Poppins. Oh, Julie Andrews. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I can't
4: even get it out. <laughs> Grant. I, no, no, it's fun, though. We're having a great time.
2: <laughs> um All right, so we're celebrating National Author Day. These are all, like, uh, actors and celebrities that we don't usually associate with uh, writing uh, fiction books, but they did. Like this one from 2014. It's called One More Thing, colon, Stories and Other Stories. It's written by a guy from the TV show The Office... Who was... Uh, I'm, John Krasinski? No, he is sometimes uh, paired with another person from The Office as sort of being romantically linked, in fact, on the show The oh, Office.
4: Oh, it's not... Is it the girl... Um, yeah, no? The comedian...
2: Oh. I don't
3: know any of the office people's The person name he's uh, tied
2: to often is Mindy Kaling. Mindy. Oh, yeah, Mindy. Mindy. And that's and, who I was thinking of. Yeah. And who's the person? It's, it's, oh, is it? his name is...
3: Oh, um, what's his name? He's odd looking with the
4: eyes. <laughs> he was a writer on the show, in fact. I yeah. Guess.
2: What is his name? I can see him. It's
4: not Kevin, because that's the not chilly his, uh, guy. His,
2: his name is Benjamin Joseph... Novak. Okay. Oh, yeah, B.J. Novak. B.J. Mm-hmm. Novak. There I can't go. take that point. I'm giving no. it to Jeopardy. Oh, well.
3: Is, is that wrong to say that he seems to have very large eyes? Does he? Yeah.
4: He kind of does.
3: He yeah. kind of does. He's just yeah. got big descriptive eyes. Mm-hmm. Not the eyeball acting of Elizabeth Moss, but still <laughs> big eyes.
2: All right. Here's a book from a, a work of fiction from... 2012 it is called get jiro it is uh, in the not too distant future la where master chefs rule the town like crime lords and people literally kill for a seat at the best restaurant oh my gosh it is from a guy who knew his way in and out of a restaurant because he was a bit of a celebrity chef and non-fiction author some might even call him a travel documentarian. To Anthony Bourdain. Bourdain. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think I, I kind of remember that story. That was like such a wild concept. Um, I was kind of fun to me. Yeah. I remember when he was. I'd like in, to read his fiction. In
3: studio here, he had a appearance at the at the uh, Triple Rock. Okay, that's and right. And the Triple Rock used to have Bacon Night on Wednesday right. nights. <laughs> And he was so intrigued at the idea that he was going, you know, and it was, of course, it's so close to the studio. And Julie and I had never read a book, never seen his show, but he was so charming.
4: Oh, you that's so cool.
3: Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to the Baco Vegetarian Night at the Triple Rock to, to read for my book. And we're like, Wow.
4: Wow, yeah. That movie that they had about him was... Oh, the
3: documentary? Oh, the
4: documentary. Yeah, yeah, it's not in a theater. so so, good. So good. He was... He was
2: a very charming guy. Very, very. Okay, here's one. Uh, I don't know you. This one might be kind of obscure, but this is a book (laughs) called The Gun Seller from 1996, and it is written by an English actor best known for playing the lead role in the uh, TV show House.
4: Oh, you, Laurie. Oh. Yes, you, mm-hmm.
3: Laurie.
4: I don't know his name, but great actor. <laughs> right. Good
2: show. He is good.
3: What has happened to him? We don't see him. He was in that one sci fi kind of a show. Yeah, maybe he made goatee. enough money
2: uh, on House to walk away because you're right. Yeah. I'm but looking.
3: there was like some sci fi streaming show that I saw him on.
2: Looks like he was in The Personal History of David Copperfield in yeah, 2020. But yeah. Mm. I don't
4: know. Yeah, he hasn't done much since House, but he was great in House. Very. Oh,
2: All right, here is a uh, book from 2015 called Holy Cow, and it is by a man who was one of the co-leads in The X-Files. David Duchovny. Duchovny, uh,
4: Duchovny. uh, He's written a lot of
2: books.
3: Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, he's like at least two or three fictional novels. You know, did you guys ever watch Californication? I
4: did not. <laughs> oh, <laughs> love that show. Sex, love, everything. It's so good. Oh, man. I forgot yeah. about that show. Yeah, that was a great show. That, and that's show. when you could go back and watch again and just enjoy it just as much. I
3: feel like it was a Sunday night
4: show. It was. Well, it was. Gosh, and if, if you never watched
3: episodes with uh, <laughs> Matt LeBlanc and you're looking for a comedy a slice of life, like Curb Your Enthusiasm or Entourage, highly recommend episodes. Yes,
4: that's a good one. That was a
3: great show. Mm-hmm. Grant and I are like uh, doppelgangers when it comes to TV. We like all the same stuff.
2: Everything. 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 I yeah. like it. All right, I'll finish with this one and we'll see if Grant can get on the board. Here's a book from 2011, uh, a young adult novel called Model Land. It's all one word, mm-hmm. Model mm-hmm. Land. And it is by, uh, somebody you might, uh, uh she had her own talk show on the Tyra CW. Banks. Yeah, it is Tyrone. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <it> <laughs> I didn't even get to her shows. I said she might've had a TV show or something. Yeah. Oh, there you fun. go. It was a clean sweep. It was a great. clean
3: sweep. 10, 10, 10. Well, you know what? I, th- Grant, Julia would have, uh, yeah,
4: you, I don't think, I think she would have been just as similar
2: to me. In
3: this yeah. Situation. Well, especially with the migraine crush in her mind.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
3: it
1: was fun that though.
4: Right.
2: Yeah, I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. I'll make him more uh, sporty or something next time, for your Grant. No, oh, I appreciate that, buddy. We're all right.
0: Yeah, <laughs> she beat
2: you on uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, I
3: have
4: no, I have nothing to say.
3: I can't and even how get I out. remembered that thirty-three was his number, I don't know. I think it's just because, uh, you know, I've been around and so's Kareem. Just remember that.
4: (laughs) Was Kareem the very uh, sexual one, or that that was Wilt? That was Wilt. So Wilt wrote the book about his sexual escapades. That's what I was thinking.
3: Yes, (laughs) yes. All right, Rocco, thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right, we come back. It's time for the Dirt Alert.
0: This is a My Talk Dirt Alert.
3: Holly it is just Grant and I today Julia's left left the building not feeling well
1: all right well we will carry on and hope she's on the mend yes. and uh, the dirt alert shall commence okay. now we have to start with a notable obituary this afternoon Julie Powell who is known for her blog Julie and Julia has died at the age of 49. what yeah uh, according to the New York Times uh. her husband Eric Powell said the cause was cardiac arrest. Uh, Now, you might not know Julie Powell, but you'll remember that she did her Julie Julia project where she cooked every recipe in Julia Child's cookbook, Mastering the Art of French Cooking, for an entire year. She put it up on a blog. Then it got picked up as a movie starring Meryl Streep and Amy Adams. Such a good story. And she was a fun follower.
3: On Twitter. And the day before she died, she like posted something about that she got, she's got a black, hairy tongue and had been having these after effects from covid from
1: september
3: oh goodness i mean that's young 49 she was just oh boy that's terrible
1: yeah yeah sad news Mm -hmm. now if uh, she started the julie julia project all the way back in 2002 she was an aspiring writer she was working in an admin job that she didn't want to be yeah and then she was just like you know what I'm gonna do this. And I'm gonna I'm gonna cook all five hundred and twenty-four recipes. Ever such
3: a charming movie.
1: Yeah. A Nora Ephron movie. Yes. Yeah. So she decided to do that and then, you know, one of the early blog celebrities. Yeah. Of the two thousands. Yeah. Yeah, so sad story today. Uh moving on from that, oh boy, somebody on the writing staff of the late late show with James Corden is in trouble today. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. What? No. Be- well, because Maybe, allegedly, supposedly, one of the jokes that James Corden delivered about Twitter was basically word for word from an old joke from a Ricky Gervais stand-up special. Oh, really? I saw this. And Ricky Gervais is calling it out. Oh, he is? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he called it out. Now, this joke was from James Corden's monologue last night, which, according to The Hollywood Reporter, is nearly verbatim of one of, a jo- uh, one of the jokes made by Ricky Gervais in a Netflix special. So here's the joke. Okay. He said, when you see Elon Musk talk about Twitter, he does this thing where he goes, it's the town square. But it isn't, because if someone puts up a poster in a town square that says guitar lessons available, you don't get people in the town going, I don't want to play the guitar. But that sign wasn't for you. It was for somebody else. You don't have to get mad about it. So that was the joke. And okay, here's the joke from Ricky Gervais's Netflix special Humanity in 2018. Uh, The joke uh, broke down what Ricky Gervais hated about irrelevant feedback from grumpy Twitter users. And so here was his joke. Quote, it's like going into a town square and seeing a big notice board that says notice guitar lessons and going, I don't bleeping want guitar lessons. Fine. It's not for you. Then just walk away. Don't worry about it. Oh, oh.
3: well, you know, one of his writers and uh, James Corden has responded
1: to this. What do he say?
3: Inadvertently told a brilliant Ricky Gervais joke on the show last night. Obviously not knowing it's coming from him. It's brilliant because it's Ricky. You can watch the section specials on netflix so you know he does have writers one of the writers well
1: that's why i was saying that the writers room on the late late show they're in trouble it is not probably a pretty place to be this afternoon probably not yeah
4: yeah and ricky gervais as you all know doesn't hold back well he said he was
3: starting to feel sorry for james Corden and he said i probably do think he didn't do that intention, intentionally, but one of the writers came up with
1: it okay. oh yeah yeah but- i i don't think that this was james Corden going boy what do i feel like doing on a monday right. morning when i have been <laughs> totally just maligned in the headlines for the past mm-hmm. couple of weeks i'm gonna rip off somebody's joke good point mm-hmm. yeah i don't that was just you know <laughs> it happened uh your thoughts please I need a read of the room for the 520 friends on Heidi Klum's Halloween costume from her annual Halloween party last night, in which she dressed up as a giant worm. I'll let um, Grant go first. I'll say he this has is, strong it weird, feelings about is it this. weird
4: that I still find her sexy even <laughs> though she's dressed as a disgusting worm because I know she's underneath that worm?
1: Well, did you see what she was wearing underneath the worm costume?
4: And I liked it. Yes, yeah. I did. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right.
1: Lori? Mm-hmm. Um, I will
3: say that Heidi Klum commits to to Halloween like I've never seen anyone yes. else do. She will go in the makeup chair for hours. She puts thought into it. Her husband, you know, was the fisherman with the hook in his eye. Uh-huh. You know, she's not afraid to be ugly or scary or you know she she just she, she lays commits. it all out. Yeah, she doesn't just take the sexy route. No, she certainly does she not. Because
4: she lives it. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah.
1: So on the one day of the year when basic celebrities try to sex it up, Heidi Klum, one of the world's sexiest celebrities,
4: is just willing to get ugly. Yeah,
3: she really is. and And, you know, she must have a good Halloween budget. Oh, yeah. You
4: know. That costume was probably not I wonder how many hours that took to get in that I whole don't know, thing.
3: but we've seen her, like I wouldn't be surprised tomorrow if she shows like does something, yeah. posts something.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well and and the people dot com exclusive quote from her is she says that she starts planning her Halloween costumes on November first. So oh, she, so she plans the whole year hmm. for uh, her Halloween spectacular. It's like what, what would be a Halloween without Heidi Klum? Mm-hmm. Uh, a show I think that Laurie, you and Julia will be interested in that hasn't even premiered yet, but has already been ordered for a second season is Stars' version of Dangerous Liaisons. Oh, you know what? I, they have been promoting that on Stars,
3: and yeah, I'm gonna give that the old. Uh, I'm gonna try that. The old look-see. the old look-see, because <laughs> that was, uh, you know, that was a good movie back in the day.
1: Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. So, S.T.A.R.S. believes in their new adaptation of Dangerous Liaisons so much that they have already picked up a second season. Oh, really? Yes, before the November 6th premiere Whoa. of the show. Okay. So, they're saying it's addictive, provocative, and beautifully rendered. Okay. This prelude to the famed 18th century novel illuminates pre-Revolution Paris at its most decadent. Mm. So, apparently, this is going to be a prequel of sorts with the characters from the book Dangerous Liaisons. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. All right. And um, moving on from that story, uh, let's go to the exclusive explanation of that picture of Harry Hamlin and his daughter, Amelia, okay. or Delilah Bell, mm-hmm. excuse me, oh, at New York yeah. Fashion Week. That was creepy and provocative. Well Beyond. A source familiar with the situation tells Page Six exclusively that Lisa Renna is disgusted by all the shameful commentary. Oh, jeez. I mean, that picture
3: was like from a week ago. Why are they fanning that flame? It's an odd picture, the way they captured it and yeah. to be nuzzling your daughter's neck. Yeah. Well, yeah. here's the
1: thing. Wouldn't have seen the picture, but you brought it up again. There exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm like. Isn't it enough for you, the biggest bully in Hollywood? Exactly. All right. Thanks, Holly, guys. Thank you. You're welcome. Everyone Everybody knows that is this.
3: Well, for people who are, you know, appalled that Jimmy Kimmel asked people to send in videos telling that the parents <laughs> have eaten all their candy, Halloween candy, According to a new survey of 2,000 parents between the ages of uh, kids at three, 3 to 15, two-thirds of parents have taken their kids.
4: That's and, right.
3: That's right. That's, uh, that's right. That's what two-thirds of them do it. The average person takes a full third of their child's Halloween candy. And 60% of parents have admitted to hiding <laughs> the Halloween candy. And how do they get away with all this thievery? Well, after they steal some candy, some parents hide it, hope their kids won't notice. Some pretend it magically disappeared. I don't know where it is. You must have ate it. And 41% say, I had to inspect it for safety. Mm-hmm. And another third say, um, they... um it's gone bad. Okay. It's expired.
4: My my cousin always uses the sharing aspect. Yeah. And every year, because this week is usually the first week in November is the hunting opener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he would always take, you know, one third from one son and another third from another son and call it the share factor. And then we would all have it up at, the, it at the hunting cabin. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. Parents hide the candy in kitchen cabinets, on top of the fridge, in their car, take it to work. And hide it in their bedroom.
4: That's yeah, right. It's it's a rent for children.
3: It is, it is. Okay, <laughs> now this is a study of DAB because I don't know anyone who knows. And I mean, I think maybe if you study, you know, the moon and the stars, you might know. But I, I think it is not. It, it is a safe study of Dob to say that most people do not know what a waxing gibbous moon is.
4: I have no clue. Please tell.
3: Yeah, well, the waxing means it's increasing. So when the moon right now is Mm -hmm. in a waxing gibbous phase, it's halfway between a half moon and a full
4: moon. Got it. Yeah, I've seen that.
3: So it's called a waxing gibbous. And I'm like, I don't think people would ever know that. I don't. I think that would be something that would just be... Somebody who's an observatory or a scientist, you know what I mean? It's uh, it's a very specific moon The average Joe or
4: Jane would definitely not be pulling that out of their lexicon, for sure.
3: Yeah. Oh, darling, look at the waxing gibbous (laughs) moon. It's so beautiful.
4: I always say, look at the thumbnail. (laughs)
3: Yeah. So, yes, but when it's a waning moon, it's getting smaller. But when a moon is waxing, it's getting bigger. Bigger. You could maybe use that about your uh, penis. Oh, wow, look, darling. (laughs) It's waxing. That's waxing. It's getting bigger. It's not waiting, it's waxy. That's a good pickup line. All right. Okay. So, um, this is again a study of duh, but um, most consumers will just press zero. They want to talk to somebody.
4: Oh, yes. I. They do duh. not want to go, right? It's like, hello? And I'm not one zero. If I'm in a bad mood, it's zero, 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 zero. Just stop talking to me in a robot and give me a human. Yes. I will hit zero ten
2: times, not yes. just
3: once. People still prefer to use a real person. Yeah. Whether they're buying something sometimes, uh, you know, uh, creating an account, or buying a car or doing all kinds of things they do not want, even setting go... up
4: appointments. Yes, you know, I know, when you set up an appointment, it's like one to get to here, two get to get by the time I even get to talk to someone, I've hit four different numbers, right? And I forgot what the hell I called about,
3: right? Don't get rid of the people, <laughs> please. But i 73% of people say, Yeah, in the next 10 years, it's going to be like impossible to get a person. That's what people worry about, and how long. Ten years. Oh, God,
4: I'm going to have to deal with that.
3: Yeah, you are going to have to deal with that. Okay, now this is a study of does. Uh, so Julie and I came up with this a few years ago. Might have been me on a vacation where every time I would get up from my beach chair, I would have a snack exercise because I'm walking to get a snack, I've walking heard, to yes. get a getting a little snack exercise. Well, here is another study that um, they're calling it periodic activity snacks and this from the University of Toronto and they're dubbing it an activity snack and they said for this is particularly true for people who work in office environments and are sitting a lot is that an activity snack is that just two minutes of walking around your building or wherever you work after you've been sitting for an hour is enough activity snack To get things going in your body, improve your digestion after you have lunch, Mm -hmm. to just take... Get the blood flowing a little bit. Get the blood flowing. It'll help maintain your muscle mass.
4: Yeah.
3: And so, snack exercise, activity snacks, but standing up every 30 minutes um, will improve your muscle protein synthesis, which... You
4: know. It's true. I mean, I have a, in my Apple Watch. If I'm sitting around too long here, does it, it tell you to it'll get up? Tell you, but hey, take a minute, stand up, mm-hmm. take a breath. It like tells you to do exactly what you're saying.
3: Because I guess our, especially after we eat too, it's a good thing. But they just said, yeah, if you just yeah. break up these sedentary periods with brief activity snacks, uh, We it's better for our body.
4: And our brain, too, because you can walk away from whatever thing you're doing at your desk that might be bothering you just to step away and get the peace of mind.
3: I always called activity snacks a gossip break. I need to go gossip.
4: Water cooler talk. Water cooler talk, that's yes, right. Yes.
3: Okay, now if you are like uh, many people and you watched a lot of zombie Shows in the first couple of years of the pandemic, mm-hmm. so many zombie shows, Locked so many them. good ones. Um This is a study that uh, was done about, well, gee, where would you go if there was a zombie apocalypse? That's...
4: Where would you go? Me? I would go to my parents' house. We've got generators. And my dad, we just talked about this weekend, he's got like a 90 day supply of, of dried food. There everything. you go. Not, not too much of a doomsday prepper, but enough but a to little get, bit. A little well, bit. Well,
3: you know, this, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention put out a zombie preparation guide in 2011. Oh, I love this. And the CDC really did make this, and researchers analyzed 26 factors that measure zombie preparedness across 200 US cities. And guess what? Florida <laughs> is the place to flee to. <laughs> Why? Why? Because they have so many supermarkets, they have so many hunting supply stores. Yeah. They have a lot of,
4: um, uh, people in poor health in uh, in the community. A lot of medical supplies. You got you got a lot of uh, you know a, a hospitals. That's right. Nursing homes.
3: Orlando is the city to go to for a zombie
4: apocalypse. Well, I'm I- going
3: to take my chances in Duluth.
4: Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm actually with you. I'm going up north. But it's funny how you say this because uh, what was it? Walking Dead in like season one. Remember they it started in yes. Georgia and and but they ended up going where they went. They went to the CDC. Cause there's that's one right. I guess, that's, that's how. That's right. where they ended up. But I like it. I'm going to. Uh, yeah. I'm going to north.
3: But I. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Um. But yeah, you don't want to be. Um. You know, like uh, Nevada would be the all-you-can-eat buffet for the undead. That'd be the
4: worst place to be. Yeah, think about that. There's yeah. not. Yeah, you might have. And a that's pot why they've
3: or... had so many zombie things that'll take place in Vegas. The <laughs> special effects. Love it. Oh boy. All right. Listen. We come back. We've got one more outtake from the Bruce Springsteen-Howard Stern interview. And we also have a delightful uh, conversation that George Stephanopoulos had with Bono. So it's kind of a musical moment for our last bit of the show today. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Tuesday. Um, Bruce Springsteen is like the rest of us. He's dependent on the Howard Stern show for his social medias to post anything from that uh interview that Howard did with Bruce uh yesterday. So Bruce has posted exactly two things or three things. Bruce uh Bruce playing um a a beautiful what he considers his most beautiful love, love song, song tougher than the rest. Also talked to we played earlier today about making the album Only the Strong Survive, which is uh, 15 R&B covers from Stax and Mo.
4: I'm Bradley Trainer.
3: And I'm Don McLean. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item.
4: A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out.
1: Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S., the person behind all of this is
4: Chris Jenner,
1: LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends.
4: Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel.
3: Okay. ...town that he picked. And, and we, he
4: picked it based on his voice. His voice. And the- we
3: played Don't Play That Song, which is an Aretha Franklin hit. And that album comes out next week. And then uh, Howard's show finally posted um, a clip of Bruce doing a piano rendition of Sunder Road and Howard confessing he's doing something to him that Howard says has never happened in studio. So it was
2: all written on
0: the piano. <laughs> finally got
2: me to cry on the air. It's the <laughs> first time ever. Wow. It's all written on the piano. And, uh, all the little intros and the big Jungle Land intro, I wrote it all on the piano. Wow.
4: I that, yeah. Goosebumps. I know. And that song, too, if you were listening, that Thunder Road, you could take that, Could you could have so many different Meanings. perspectives in yeah. life where that road could be a true meaning to you. What yeah. a great song. Wow. I know it. I know it.
3: Jeez Louise, and I, I'm telling you, Bruce looks Stunning. so good. Stunning. He looks so good. And you know what? He looks better than Bono. Yeah. And he's 20... 20-something
4: 20 older, I think, yeah.
3: I think Springsteen is 72, and Bono, I don't know, maybe he's 62 or 63, but anyway... 62, you you're right. Yeah, um, I think Bruce has used more sunscreen than Bono, but Bono was really quite good. He's got um, a new book out, uh, it's his memoir, it's called Surrender, 40 Songs, One Story, and he's sharing stories about his relationship with the band his wife family songwriting so here's just the beginning of his interview this morning with uh uh George. She, yeah with George it's it's pretty good
2: you know that song, one of you two's iconic hits, Beautiful Day in This Morning. We're lucky to have Bono right here in Times Square to talk about his new memoir, Surrender, 40 Songs and One Story. We see it up there in Times Square. We have a, <laughs> we have a nice hard copy here as well, but I've got the one I read over the summer, and it's the old galleys. But I brought it because I, I turned over a flap on just about every page. This is such a personal book. It's so poetic. It really seems like you poured yourself into it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was, it was humbling um, as I realized that the most extraordinary thing about my life really were the relationships, um, the people I was in relationship with and all the most important ones I met almost the same week. Well, that's, in Mount that's Temple stunning. Your first,
2: you know? your first date with your wife, Allie, and you joined the band in basically the same week?
0: Yeah, the same school, same high school. Rock 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 and roll high school as the Ramones (laughs) sang. (laughs) so
2: I have to ask you I mean I don't know if you can answer it what is the secret uh, to keep a band together for 45 years to keep your marriage together for 45 years and do everything you've
0: done Mm, desperation (laughs) Um, I mean really you know friendship is at the heart of it really I mean friendship is a lot less kind of passionate as it looks um um uh, at, at face value, but I think it can outpace even romantic love if you've got both even better. And, you know, I love my bandmates and we don't always love each other at the same time. You can be in the bad books of, you know, Edge, Adam, or Larry, but we get through it. And, but it's, you know, we're, we're always breaking up and.
3: Yeah. Wow. So, and it it is true. Friendship. You know, Friendship and like all of that, but he's it was a it was a pretty good interview. And George, I was like happy because he had actually read the book and seemed kind of enthused. So I was just like, ah, oh, it's a musical icon uh, day of uh, people with books and yeah. And then we could also albums.
4: we could dip into. Remember, you sent me that clip earlier of uh the uh, it's like uh, Leonard Skinner Winona opening up with how great thou are for the. Loretta Lorraine oh, Legacy. Oh, yeah,
3: yeah. That's going to be on tomorrow night at CMT if you missed it the first time around. Uh, yeah, singing Winona Larry Strickland, singing How Great Thou Art to honor Loretta Lynn. That's the opening of Loretta Lynn's <laughs> that was taped at the Grand Old Opry. I already got on the DVR for CMT tomorrow night. There you go. If you want to watch it. What are you going to watch tonight? Oh, I don't know. I think Casey and I are going to finish that show, The Patient. Okay. Oh, with Steve <laughs> Carell.
4: Lily watched it and loved it.
3: Yeah. So I think we just have like maybe a couple episodes. Cause that's like it's a half hour, sh- a half hour,
4: show. hour short episode. You can get right through that. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of, we're kind of in a lull.
4: Yeah, maybe mine.
3: Pennyworth will watch. I don't
4: know. I started that this weekend, it, and you guys were so correct on that. I am in love with that show. If you,
3: yeah, oh. it is very well done. How did Alfred the Butler and Batman get to be Alfred, the guy who has all the tricks?
4: Exactly. It's, it's a, very. Good. It's a very intriguing story. Yeah, so. it
3: is. Grant, thanks. Uh, see you tomorrow. Yeah. Everyone, have a great night. Job done. Off you go.